You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raise to Empower podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about our mindset and money story. Our guest today is Lisa Marie Robinson. Lisa Marie is best known as the Sassy Wealth Coach with over 20 years of experience in accounting and helping women manage their money with confidence to feel empowered. After surviving a tumultuous childhood filled with addiction, theft, and violence, her mission is to help women break free from poverty, struggle, and pain. She teaches her clients how to take control of their finances and make mindful decisions that fuel growth and prosperity. When she started her business, she wanted to turn the financial pain and chaos she experienced into prosperity and purpose. She ditched the victim mentality, changed her story, and created the life she knew she deserved. Today, as a speaker, she shares her story and teaches others how money mindset and money management go hand in hand. Lisa Marie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to dive more into this. I know we were just talking a little bit more uh, before we, we kind of hit record. So I'm excited for where, where we may go today. I always ask guests start out just sharing a little bit about your background and kind of how did you get to the work you're doing today? Oh, well, um, back in 2016, I was actually working corporate and uh, I call it hell. <laughs> um <laughs> Because it was, um, but I was working corporate. I was working fifty hours a week, barely making ends meet. Um, I'd always wanted my own business, but I just, you know, starting your own business and working full time, especially working more than forty hours and having kids, it's just it's hard. Yeah. Um, and kudos to everyone who does it and you've been able to do it. But I just found it next to impossible. Um, and then I was late. I was let go. I was mm-hmm. let go in September of two thousand sixteen, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And they, um, I kept hearing a voice saying you're needed at home. Now is your time. Mm. And so I was like, okay. So I trusted and I ended up having, I voluntarily repossessed my vehicle. I got put on food stamps because again, I was barely making ends meet. So there was, there was hardly no money. Right. Um, I asked my landlord to prorate the rent. And if she wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't be sitting here talking. (laughs) So by the graces of God, she agreed to do that until I got my uh, tax return in April. Um, And so October 17th, I started the business and um, it started off with like bookkeeping and taxes, to be honest. And I found out really quick, I hated preparing tax returns. I didn't want anything to do with it because the stress level was way too similar to the stress level I felt when I worked in corporate and doing their auditing. And I was like, okay, I don't want that kind of stress. That's I'm trying to avoid that. But for that first year I did. And, you know, as a lot of tax clients do, they find some, you know, they, they want the best person, but 
normally who you're having, they also, you know, especially this individuals, they want someone who's cheapest, right? Yeah. So you have clients come and go. And then all of a sudden I was noticing at the end of 2017, my clients were, you know, down in the revenue. And I was like, okay, I had this year, I'm starting to lose. Where's my money, right? Why, why am I not having this? And I heard a uh, money mindset coach, can't remember if it was a recording or a, a video or if it was a post, but it basically said that if you're working hard and you still have no money, your issue is your money mindset, not, mm. you know, not that you're not making enough money. Um, and basically it was like, what's your relationship with money? How are you thinking of money? You know, and so I, I just dove deep into it, right? Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, okay, I'm working on mindset, but you, I still got to know what the hell's going on with my money in sure. order to do it. So that's, you know, so I dug deep into that and I'm like, okay, but traditional budgeting doesn't work. Why not? And I just kept digging deeper and deeper. And then I also read the book Profit First and light bulbs went off with all three pieces. Yeah. And I, it was like an aha moment. And I was like, okay, let me see something. Let me see if I incorporate these three things that will make it easier, make me better, make where I know what's going on. And, you know, cause we need to know our cash flows. We need to sure. know our numbers. So I have to set all kinds of you know spreadsheets and sure enough, you know, I, I just, I kept digging deep into the money mindset. I hired a mindset coach. Right. Um, and then I was like, you know what I, you know, and I had some clients come to me and they started having the same similarities. Yeah. And so that was when I rebranded and evolved into, into this. And cause I was like, okay, if I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Right. Sure. And so that's kind of, I mean, that's honest to goodness. <laughs> that's where it's, it all, it just, it evolved, you know, into what it is now. And it, it's my mission now, because I think as women, we, um, a lot of times we feel ashamed. Yeah. We feel like we're the only ones and we're not, yeah. um, we don't know what we don't know. And most of us growing up, money wasn't talked about. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's the it hush hush. It's taboo. <laughs> it is a huge taboo subject. And I hate that it's taboo. And so because it was never talked about, but we would hear things or hear society, how society did it. That's, it affects us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just, we don't realize it. It's more subconscious than anything, but that's, that's how it evolved into it. I went from food stamps to six figures in three years. Wow. Cause I was, I was told once I got on, I would never get off. Yeah. I was told by like several people, you're doing this. You shouldn't do this. Once you get on, you'll never get off. I was like, Okay. But I also love to prove people wrong. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I think what's also like inspiring about your story, and I feel like could connect with a lot of people, you know, this show is for a women therapist. And I know a lot of times, especially I see this with women, there is this fear of like, if I leave the, you know, agency job and I go off on my own, how is this going to work? And it can be a struggle starting off a business and where you said, okay, like I was doing the thing, I was doing the tax prep, I was doing the bookkeeping and it wasn't exactly what I wanted, right? Fear could have said, just go back, right? Like just go back and do the, you know, you're working for yourself isn't working, but you said, I'm going to push forward and I'm going to find a different way. And I think that's really inspiring too. It's not just like, well, entrepreneurship doesn't work. No, no, it can work. It just may need you need to look at it a different way. 
Yeah. See, I tell people all the time, entrepreneurship's not for the faint part. No, it's not. <laughs> because, and it's not all bed of roses, right? It's, it's, right. it's not, it's peaks and valleys. And there are days where you feel like you're climbing up a mountain that you're never going to get up. And then there's days you feel like you're flying as high yeah. as you can. And they can all happen in the same week. <laughs> right, 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 right. And you have to be able to um, pivot. You have to be able to ride with it. Um, you have you have to be able to stay in your own lane. Um, sure. And you know, and the biggest thing with entrepreneurship is, I think, especially women, is we pivot. We decide that we have to do it all ourselves. And yeah. you know, we were talking earlier before the show. Like my OBM is on vacation, and it, I'm gonna tell you what, she's a godsend. She handles a whole bunch of stuff that I don't like handling. And yeah. I tried at first. When I first started, I tried. Like for the first year and a half, I was trying to do it all. Okay, there's a reason I wasn't visible on Facebook or anywhere else. Right. Because I can't stand doing all of that. But I was trying, you know what I mean? Trying to create the post and have it scheduled. But that's not where my, my uh, superpower is, right? So yeah. you struggle with it. And when... In, something's not your superpower, what do we do? We put it at the bottom of yeah. the list. Yeah. Right. And then it, and then your business because of it suffers. Well, it's the same thing with our money, right? Money, our numbers is the root of our business because it's what makes our business grow, <laughs> right? Sure. Paying ourselves, putting back. But if we don't like looking at it, don't like dealing with it, what do we do? Or we're afraid of dealing with it. We put it at the we put it at the bottom and yeah. then we think, okay, well, if I can't do this or I hate doing it this way, and this is the only way to make the money, then I just need to go back. And that's not right. really necessarily the case. You just, you have to be able to dig deep into yourself and figure out what it is you really want to do. I know you work with women entrepreneurs that are in, I think, helping professions, not just therapists. Mm -hmm. When, when we're kind of starting out saying, okay, maybe I do need to take a look at my money mindset are there places that you find are good to start like like where do we start when we're saying okay I need to look at some of this stuff because something's going on here internally for me um the first place I normally start is I ask okay what's the first you know how do you feel about money like what are what what feelings come up when you go to look at your bank account or someone says have you looked at your bank account you know, what feelings come up when um, it's time for you to pay your expenses or you look at your credit card and then I have them write those out. Right. And mm -hmm. when you write them out, nine or 10 times their fear, their yeah. stress, um, avoiding, you know, it makes it raises their, you know, temp, the blood pressure, like they just feel ugh, inside yeah. and that right there. Okay. When was the first time you learned about money? When was the first time you remember hearing about, you know, money management or talking about money in general? You know, how young or what was the first memory you have? And majority of the time, they will come to me and say, it's either two extremes, which is, I say kind of funny, but not. So it's either two extremes. You either had parents who acted like they had plenty of money. They never told you no because they had a credit card. So they would always make it happen. But behind doors, they were struggling. Yeah. Or you had society or parents saying, 
money doesn't grow on trees. You can't have that. All you're going to be able sure. to do is work, pay bills, rinse, wash, repeat. And there's two those two extremes and they affect everything we do. Like now we think, okay, well, if I make a lot of money, I really don't deserve to have it. Mm. That was part of my issue because I grew up with no money. Who do I think I am to say, you know, my story was, as I was told that because I wasn't born into money, that unless I'm married into money, I was never going to have it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, but those were stories that I was told, right. I was, I was told because I had a father that was a drug addict. I was going up the same way. Well, again, that's a different story, but it's still a story. And if we, if we don't tell ourselves a different story, then we start to believe it if we hear it enough. So when it comes to money, we say, we think to ourselves, I'm not worthy of having money because I didn't marry into money and I didn't come from money, which isn't true. Or who am I as a female to think I deserve to make more money than a male? If you're an, you know, an expert in your field, why not? (laughs) Exactly. Why not? Right. You know, it's, so it's, we have, but when we acknowledge what, how our feelings are, then we see where the first is a lot of times, someone majority of the time, they'll all of a sudden a memory will click Mm. and they'll remember something and they're like, huh, you know, and it could be a past relationship. It could be when they were little, it could be something happened in society. Because again, depending on our culture, depending on our society, where we grew up, that also has effect on us, you know, on how we, how we were taught or looked at as far as money goes. And from there, I then will say, okay, how would you like to feel about money? Mm. You know, how would you, what, if you were to change the relationship, what kind of relationship would you like? And that's where the affirmations come in. And I tell people to this day, I still have my affirmations. I still, you know, do what I call mind dumping for my, my affirmations. Um, and a lot of people don't like the word budget. So I'll say money management plan, spending plan. And for those who are like, yeah, but still the same thing. It's okay. Using a different word helps because I don't like the word journal. Every yeah. time I say journal, someone goes say go journaling. I'm like, my brain goes and nothing. But if I say, <laughs> oh, I'm going to mind dump. Yeah. And I'm just going to yeah. get everything out of my mind onto paper. I can do it. Yeah. It's just chain. It's chain. It's, it, it's a block. Just change the word. Yes. They all mean the same thing, but, but language it, is powerful. Yes. And yeah. which shows, right. Because if someone says you didn't come from the language, it's being, it's very powerful. The words are powerful. Right. And that's the reason why affirmations are so powerful is because yeah. you're changing the words around. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting.
you know, I think what's interesting and, and I'll be really curious your take on this, you know, obviously we all have a money story and we have a money narrative, right? That, like you said, whatever we witnessed yeah. growing up, whatever has been taught to us from childhood up through adulthood, whether it's by family, society, right? But one of the things I see so much and I a hundred percent have been in this place before coming out of grad school in the profession of therapist. And I don't, I don't know if you see this, we're told, and I think this is by like a lot of like previous generations, right? Like you don't get into this for the money or don't expect to make a whole lot of money. And those are messages that are taught to us by like our educators, right? And then it's perpetuated by fellow clinicians. And so when people are saying, well, I want to do this differently, like I want to have a higher fee or I need a higher fee to be able to, to pay my bills, right. To be able to have a lifestyle that I'm not living in poverty, that there can be like judging and shaming around that. And, and I see a lot of us not only having to like shake this money narrative from childhood, but then this professional narrative. Yeah. 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 And I'm curious, like what you see with that in your work and, and how, how you see that impacting people, regardless of what that early story is. It does. It impacts big time because, you know, first off, um, I think that the reason why, especially with the therapist is that it said is because it was previous generation, Mm. right? Think about it you know, before the world of entrepreneurship, that may have been the case. Yeah. But entrepreneurship, even though it's been around for a while, doing it the way we do it now is totally new and totally different. But everyone is still being told the same thing. You know, you go into, you know, certain states, depending on what state you work in, if you're going into teaching, you're not going into it for the money. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I know the teachers who here teach in South Carolina, they're not teaching for the money. right? Right. I disagree with how little they're paid, but again, they're not teaching for the money. Sure, sure. Therapists are being told the same thing. Um, Occupational therapists, psychological therapists, um, those different fields, those service-based, they're being told the same thing. I call BS on it because we're in a different time, right? Perfect example. How many of us, especially therapists, fault? even remotely thought that they could do all of their sessions online completely and never in person before 2020. How many? Not very many. You had some who did a little, but most of them didn't because no, you know, right now, look at how many are doing. I mean, I have clients who do nothing but virtual sessions. And then I have some clients who do hybrid, virtual and in-person. They now have both so they can accommodate the ones who don't want to leave their house due to anxiety, can't drive. And then they have in-person because like my daughter, she can't stand the camera. She's autistic and has generalized anxiety disorder. So when COVID was going on, you can just imagine how it was to make sure she had a session. We're evolving and it's changing because now we're in 2023 and COVID proved, if it did anything good, it proved school could be done virtually if there's yeah. a snow day, because it yeah. can't say it can't now. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Any school comes and tells you they can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're lying. <laughs> yeah. 
because COVID proved that, right? As well as this. Now, do we have to make extra steps to make sure it's secured and it's HIPAA? Yes. Sure, sure. But that's also been proven can be done. Yeah. Right? That yeah. we've seen it, you know, all the places were, were rushing, yes, but they've proven it can be done. So if that can be done, why can't you narrow down your niche and mm. charge more? Yeah. You just yeah. have to get, it's the same thing with me. You have to, you know, or with any uh, service-based entrepreneur, you have to be specific, right? With who you're talking to. You have to be specific on that niche. Like I have a client who um, works with mothers of special need kids. That to me needs to be a growing niche because yeah. I've looked in the South Carolina area, like in my Columbia area, and there's none that yeah. actually say that's their niche. And so I think when you focus on that, yes, you can, but you're right. The issue is, is you're still being told that. Yeah. And so what it does is it, it solidifies whatever money block you were having before. Yeah. It basically solidifies that money block of, okay, if I go on my own, I'm never going to make more than this, or I need to accept insurance. Or I want to do cash pay, but then that means I'm only going to make this much. Again, I call BS on it. It, it. I tell people all the time, it's not how much money you make, it's what you do with it and how much you keep. I made less than I make now when, in, when I got to the six figures right at 2018. And I had decent money in the bank account. Now I have more now, but again, it was still steadily growing, right? Sure. It's It's... It's knowing what we're doing with it and putting it back and making sure that we're not catching ourselves. Like, for example, putting money up for taxes. You know, a lot of people don't think about those things, especially yeah. as an entrepreneur, right? And what happens? It bites us in the butt. Yeah. And then that feeds the story. Well, I'm not good with my money. So again, do I yep. keep doing this? Do I do something else? But I think I, I see, because again, I, I mean, when I first started off my solo practice uh, years ago, I didn't know what I was doing. And like what you were saying, I think like a lot of women, I didn't, I was afraid to ask for help out of shame of like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And after I had paused that practice, took some time off to have a baby and then came back and did my own thing that time. I was like, no, no, this, <laughs> this time we're doing it a, a totally different way. We're not going to go into this blindly. We're going to ask for help. It's not weakness. It's going to help set this up better for success. It's okay to do that. Yeah. I don't know why, but I think there's, I don't, it, it's the same with men and women though. It, with men, it, it's even more weak for them to ask for help. And mm. then women, it's like, we need to prove we can do it on our own. Yeah. And so we need to try, or that shows weakness. And again, BS, because let me tell you, if you can hire someone who can do certain things for you or help you get through the blockage of certain things, they're not just giving you an ROI on money. Because I tell my clients all the time, when they start with me, it's not the money I'm going to save you now. It's going to be the money in the long run that I'm going to save you. And so, you know, my OBM, my ROI on with her is not just money, um, it's time, aggravation, and energy. Yeah. Right? And our time is worth so much more. Yeah. It, to me, it is. And so if she can save me that much time and energy, 
which means even more aggravation right. than here. You're worth every penny because now I can focus on what I do best, which provides more money. Yeah. Because you you're freeing up that time. And so I think women have to get past, we have to work on our mindset around that and around the money and realize that that block is actually hurting us. And, but here's the kicker. I think sometimes just like with fitness, we think once we get to a certain level, great, we don't have to worry about it no more. Yeah. And that's not, and as we know with fitness, that's not how it works. Right. (laughs) Well, it's the same way with mindset. I still have a mindset coach. I still work on my money mindset and my mindset overall, because when you don't and you're up leveling, those little things are going to start talking to you again, those little stories, you know, why do you think you can make this much money doing this? You know, why do you think, you know, whatever the, whatever the up level can look like, if it's a second office or deciding to go private to group or whatever that looks like, um, you know, and I tell people like, look, is this something you feel in your heart and your gut you want to do? Yes. Okay. Well then let's keep working on that mindset. So it doesn't stop us. And a lot of times we let it stop us. Yeah. I love the field that I'm in, but we can be very judgmental of another, the way that like our own money mindset, like you said, that little kind of gremlin on our shoulder is talking to us. Then we're also looking for validation outside and from other people, or we're hearing these other messages around us. And then that's just feeding that little monster sitting there. And so I think being smart and whether it is finding a mindset coach or finding other people that are champions of you, right. And not putting you down or shaming you for saying, no, I want to do this. I'm scared, but I'm still doing it. Right. I like hearing what you're saying where, yeah, even when you're going to the next level of your business, I think it's normal to be scared and to have some worry, you know, but that, that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Right. That, okay. It can, it's just, we're going in a new direction and those narratives have a way of rearing their head again. And, and, and we can prove them wrong with the next steps we're taking. Yeah. I mean, I, the, I think the biggest thing is I always acknowledge the gremlin Mm. because, you know, if I acknowledge the gremlin and acknowledge that the gremlin's there, say, okay, I acknowledge you. It's okay to have this fear, but you're not driving the car. Yeah. You can ride in the passenger, but you're not allowed to control the car because, you know, because again, we also need to listen to our gut. If you go and you ask a question and like some of the Facebook groups, like you're talking about, they can become very overpowering and really, really loud. But some of them probably have their own fear with this stepping out that you yeah. might be thinking about doing. And so they're going to say that and then you're feeding from that and then you decide it's not a good thing. So you yeah. need to sometimes read it, then go just get away yeah. from that for a while and then think deep in your gut. And what is it in your gut you believe? Because a lot of times people who are, you know, perfect examples, when I was deciding I wasn't going to go look for another job, I was going to start my business. I can't tell you how many people, family and friends, mm-hmm. by the way, that I needed to get a real job, that yeah. I, was, I wasn't going to make it, that, you know, I need to think about my kids, you name it, they were saying it, yeah. you know, some of them were like, no, you need something that is uh, my, the famous last words, and I love it, something that's stable. Because you get yeah. a paycheck every two weeks. And 
I thought about, you know, and I started doubting. And then I thought about, oh, well, wait a minute. That job was no more stable than anything yeah. because I'd made it, I, sad to say, but I made it through seven layoffs mm. in the last, like three years. And then I was let go. There was no stability in there. Yeah. Because again, some, most states are at will states. And if they're, if they're at will states, that means they can let you go for any reason at any time. Yeah. You know, and so it's a pretend stability. Oh, for sure. Know, right. But so many people think that that is stability. And really, and honestly, if we work on the mindset and we take control and we have a better relationship with money, we can actually have more stability in ourselves and our pay and what we achieve more so than dependent on anybody else. We just have to quiet the noise and you got to know when to listen and when not to, and make sure you're surrounding yourself with the people who know what entrepreneurship is like. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Because yeah, I mean, a lot of people, the majority, I think of people in society have never been an entrepreneur and it's not a bad thing. Like they, it's just, they haven't. And there's a difference between having that consistent every two weeks, you're going to get that paycheck versus being an entrepreneur. And one is not necessarily better than the other, but if this is what you want to do, the fear of others shouldn't be the thing to keep you from doing that. And, and as you were talking about like, yeah, that, that other job of yours wasn't any more stable than what they're saying, you know, going into entrepreneurship yeah. Is, yeah. That I think also asking ourselves, like, what does stability mean? Because, you know, I, I know for myself at times, and I know for a lot of, a lot of other women, especially moms, there is this sense of, okay, well, there is this consistent check coming in, or there is the benefits, but my schedule, my stress life, my work family balance, that's not stable, right? Like I'm at the mercy of when my job approves time off, or I'm at the mercy of what they're going to give me unpaid for maternity leave, right? That's not stability either. Yes, the money might be there, but now you are not having time to spend with your family or to live the life you want because mm -hmm. you're at the mercy of somebody else. And so weighing out like what what would stability what look stability like for you what right right and it's, well, I mean, it's not just the paycheck I would say no no and I'll tell you what I told somebody else I told them that if I was going to barely make ends meet then I was going to do it on my terms right, right. I was going to I was going to do it from home because for whatever reason I didn't know then I know now and it was um my daughter was doing a call out for help and then we found out she was autistic but at that point, I didn't know why. And I said, I'm needed at home. If I'm going to barely make ends meet, I'm going to do it working on my terms. And I'm going to be home with my girls where I'm needed. That way, I don't have to ask for time off. I don't have to then go and make the time up because yeah. you need to have, you've got to have, you know, so many hours to have the benefits. I don't want anything because to me, it was all balls and chains, right? Yeah. And like you said, I was having tension headaches. I was having migraines. So the stability to me wasn't really there. And sure. so when I made that decision, I honest to God, I would rather barely get by and be on my terms doing my business now sure. than go work for someone else. You know, even if they were going to pay me multiple six figures, I would still bar rather barely get by. 
because to me, the freedom and that time is more stability than what we had before. And so you're right. You need to look at and say, okay, what is stability to me? What, yeah. what does that look like for me? And for each of us, it will be different. You know, yeah. it might slightly be the same. There may be some similarities, but it's going to be different. Just like what does freedom look like to us? You know, yeah. it's the reason why my business is called the Sassy Wealth Coach, because to me, being wealthy is having the freedom to live the life that we want to live. I know a whole bunch of rich people who are miserable and aren't wealthy right. in their life. Right. Right. And so to me, being wealthy is so much more important than just being quote unquote rich. Yeah. Um, and I think when we, when we look at it overall picture, we have to decide, okay, what is it I want? Yes. How can I achieve that? And then remember, it's okay to go ask for help. Right. I mean, Absolutely. I was told I was there. I went to a conference this past weekend and I was reminded <laughs> um, and I did a post in Facebook. And it says, successful entrepreneurs ask for help. Yeah. And then I said, read that again, because that was literally what someone who was standing on stage said is that we needed to get over ourselves and stop thinking that we need to be big people. And, not. Yeah. and he says, every successful entrepreneur, the ones that are seven, eight figures, they all have asked for help. They have people that help them. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to remember that that's, that it's not a sign of weakness, that sure. that's what they do. And so that was the reason why I posted it. And so I think that's really important for all of us, especially women entrepreneurs, for us to remember that it's okay to ask for help. If yeah. that means you're working from home and you have a baby and you want someone to come and clean your house once a week so that you don't have to deal with it, put it in the budget. Right. <laughs> you know, I've got one saying, I, I need someone to help Nanny with the kids just so I can have the four hours of just concentration time. Okay, do it. Yeah. Because again, that's going to help you concentrate. You're going to be done in your four hours and then you're going to be able to go and be with your kids. Right. So everybody's going to win from that. Whereas if you don't have any help and you're going back and forth, you feel like you're not getting anything done. You feel like you're not spending enough time with your kids. Yeah. And then yeah. your the anxiety starts and I'm not even good at this and I'm barely making and all of those gremlin stories right. start popping up. Right. And then again, we're looking back at what does having that freedom look like? And it's okay. Are we creating kind of our own jail here? And by not accepting that help and making things harder for ourselves mm -hmm. than they need to be. Sometimes if we go back to the basics and look at little things, we can make things a lot easier for ourselves than we really are. Yeah. Before we wrap up today, Lisa Marie, is there any last thing that you would want any of the women therapists that are listening to this to know? Think about how you would talk to your best friend. Hmm. So when you start seeing some of your past money mistakes or you're analyzing this stuff, don't talk to you the way you probably normally do. Talk to them the way you would your children or your best friend. You wouldn't sit there and criticize your little kid for making a mistake. Yeah. No, no mother would. I, you know, we encourage them, right? We're like, oh, we'll try again. Let's work on it. Let's change it. So it's the same thing. You know, I want you to look at your your relationship with your money. I want you to write those things down. But what I don't want you to do is judge yourself and beat yourself up because mm -hmm. then that's just going to make things worse. So when you're looking at this. 
talk to your talk to you the way you would talk to your best friend how would you have that conversation with your best friend if they're coming to you and they're saying I'm horrible and you know all those things you're not gonna sit there and say yes you are right you're not you're going to encourage you're going to say okay how can you flip it and so that's the same thing is you need to look and you say okay how can we flip the script and then you go I'm not horrible at money I'm an awesome entrepreneur and I'm making money so that I can spend more time with my child or I'm doing what I love and it's okay that I charge more. I'm worthy of the money. You're flipping the script. Now, does it work in first time you say it? No, not really. I wish it did. I'd probably out of a job if it did, <laughs> but it does work. Yeah. It's, it's constantly flipping the script. You're yeah. basically retraining your brain Y'all call that CBT, CBT, right? yep, yep. Yes. Cognitive behavioral, yep. yes. <laughs> okay, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. You're retraining your brain on thoughts of money and you being worthy of making money, of having money and it being okay to ask for help to help you manage that money, right? Yeah. It's okay to have a money coach and a CFO that can help you look at those numbers and say, okay, let's do this and this. So you can achieve what you want, because then your stress level goes down. You can actually start seeing what's possible. And so when you're going through those, when you're thinking about it, don't beat yourself up because I've made money mistakes, hands down. If you don't believe me, you can go look at my website. I've got part of it (laughs) on there. But what I think is important is learning from someone who did make money mistakes and who's been there and knows what it's like than going to some big, huge guru who has no idea. Sure. Um, and, and I just, I think that's the biggest thing is don't judge yourself. Talk yeah. to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend. Yeah. Cause we're so good at tearing ourselves down and we're also really good at telling our clients not to do that. So, so if, to if, you wanna do, if you want to do another thing, talk to yourself the way you would talk to your clients. Yeah. Because yeah, none of yeah. you would just say, yes, you're horrible with money. I don't know right. why you would never say that to a client right. and, and you would be, you would be aghasted if someone told you they said that to a client, yeah. cause I've seen how, how y'all pipe up like big time, yeah. someone <laughs> would, you know, so why would you talk to yourselves that way? Right. I know why, because I've done it too, by the way, I've talked to myself right. that way. and I had to remember, okay, is this how I would talk to my best friend? Is this how I would talk to one of my clients? Right. Is this how I would talk to my two girls? The answer is no. Right. So why in the hell am I talking to myself that way? I tell people all the time, I don't need you to criticize me. I'm my biggest critic. Right. Oh, for which sure. Which is sad, <laughs> which is sad. Right. So we have to, that, that's another story that we have yeah. to change and we have to work on. And it's one I'm constantly working on. And I just remember, is this how I would talk to my best friend? This is how right. I would talk to one of my clients. The answer is no then I need to change how I'm talking to myself. Right. Because tearing ourselves down is not going to make- It's not going to solve thing. anything. <laughs> no, it, no. Whatever it is that happened or you do, it's in the past. Okay, yeah. this happened. What can you do now to move forward? Is that working on some money affirmations and re- rearrange? Is that gradually starting to look at your accounts once a week so that you're working on them. Is that reaching out to have someone help you with your money, money, whatever that is, but it's, it's what can you, it's the baby steps that you can do going forward. Sure. 
Lisa Marie, if somebody's listening to this and wants to learn more about you or connect with you, where can they find you? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on my website, thesassywiltcoach.com. My handles for all social medias is also at the Sassy Wilt Coach. Um, I have, um, uh, and that's Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and Facebook. I also have a free Facebook group that's Sassy Wilt Makers, um, and um, it's for female entrepreneurs as well. And I think you have a freebie that will have linked in the show notes, as well as all of your social media handles and your website. Can you tell us a little bit about the freebie? Yeah, it's um, six steps to sassy and sexy money. Um, it's really simple steps and some of them will be like no brainers. But a lot of times when I talk to entrepreneurs, I female entrepreneurs, some of them are just ones they don't think of. Mm. Um, and so it just, it reminds you, okay, these are six steps. These are, you know, you may already be doing two of them, but there might be a three that you're not doing. Okay. This is something else you can do because I say money can be sassy and sexy. My belief is that, um, and what I say I do is I take money from chaos to sassy and sexy. And so yeah. to me, when money is sassy and sexy, you're empowered by it instead of fearing it. And it's not controlling you. You have control because you know what's going on with it. And it becomes fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Money, money's energy. And so when, when it becomes fun and not stressful to me, that's sassy and sexy money. Yeah. Um, and so it, these are just, these are six steps to help you get to sassy and sexy. And we'll have that linked in the show notes for people to go and grab that. It's been so wonderful getting to talk with you today, Lisa Marie. I've loved connecting with you and your story just is so inspiring and empowering. And um, your energy is, I think, what so many of us need. So thank <laughs> you for, for sharing your heart with us today and sharing your story. And I'm sure we will hear from you again. Oh, I would love it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.